For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wrestling Inc. after WWE NXT, I am Alfred Kunawa, uh, joined by NYC Demon Diva Issa. How are you doing today, Issa? I'm doing great. I'm in such a good mood after this episode of NXT. Who would it be? Oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, it was a fallout <laughs> episode for NXT. Of course, Glenn is not with us today. Uh, he will probably rejoin us Friday and even for the pay-per-view. Uh, so the bad news is that, of course, Glenn's not here. But the good news is that uh, this leaves us with more time to talk about my Milwaukee Bucks and your New York Brooklyn Nets. Who are You're just- going down. You're yeah, going they down. Are. They're making a comeback. We have a whole quarter left. Uh, they're making it competitive. They're making it interesting. I'll give you that. But uh, we will focus on the pro wrestling today. Uh, we don't have to talk about the fact that the Bucks are going to take this in six. Uh, but uh, we have uh, a lot going on today uh, in the news. Tony Khan did a big uh, interview with Forbes. It was not me, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, my uh, colleague Hank did a great job talking to uh, Tony Khan about a number of things. And one thing that came out was that AEW ESA is still in the red. So they made an eight-figure investment in a video game. Uh, department and so they're still in the red but they're expecting to be profitable this year uh do you expect aew to maybe you know spend more money on uh, free agents and whatnot moving forward given their situation right now yes of course i believe like if you i mean (laughs) my degree is in business management and usually a brand new business takes about two years before they even get out of the red let alone making these investments into the video games therefore it is normal for a company as young as aw to still be in the red you spend the first three to five years of your brand new company investing 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 and that's when you start seeing the return on investment the video game if they can pull it off, okay, because we all know we've been disappointed <laughs> with a lot of wrestling video games. If they can pull <laughs> off a non-glitchy video game, that could be a huge profit for AEW. On top of that, you have to add the fact that 2020 was a year where pretty much every company was in the negative. Let's keep it real. Maybe not WWE, but it's because they have other deals that they depend on. You know, not AEW. They're brand new. All they have is TNT touring etc so it is completely normal i love how everybody online became all of a sudden a, a pnl expert and they read <laughs> the entire profit and loss sheet for aw and decided they're going down i'm like what is going on here you know this is this is something that i do for a living i review i i do cost reductions i i try to figure out how i can get business to to start bringing in that profit and it is completely normal i am not shocked a company as new as AEW is in the red. It shouldn't shock anybody, to be honest. Absolutely. The surprise should be that they're going in the black. I mean, I assume that they were because they got such a big uh, TV deal. But the fact right. that they're even going to be in the profit uh, this year, you hit the nail on the head, Issa. And I don't think there's more of a qualified podcast to talk about this than the two business experts, Issa and Alfred, uh, because yeah. that's exactly what you said, is that most businesses lose money in their first three years. 
Uh, and I know they got a big investment and whatnot, but that does make it more impressive that even with that $100 million investment from his father and whatnot, they're still going to be a profitable company uh, sometime this year. And that's very impressive and ahead of schedule for a company that started, what, 2018, 2019? Uh, yes. They're right there in that range. They're getting more TV money for that Rampage show. So, you know, the, the narrative that kind of started up that, oh, they haven't made money yet, uh, the sky's falling and whatnot, the fact that they're even headed toward profit in 2021 should be considered a huge success. To be honest with you, Alfred, if he would have came in that interview and said that they were making money, I would have said he's full of crap. If I would have read that they are in the like above the red, then I would have been like, you're full of crap. Your company's way too new for you to be making money right now. So I'm not I'm not shocked by this. It's normal. It's perfectly normal. And they're going to be just fine. And listen, they're getting back in the road. So now they're going to start making that touring money as well. I really want them to pull off this video game, though. I'm really rooting for any wrestling video game to be good. Please give us one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I think they're in good hands uh, along those lines. Of course, they had that E3 conference this past week, but uh, AEW has guys like Kenny Omega uh, who are very, very much into video games. And, you know, it's like a passion project almost like that for him. And he's kind of one of the front men of the video games department. So I know at the very least they're going to have a lot of working knowledge in terms of making these video games. And I have very high expectations for what these video games are going to be like, especially knowing how much they're investing in it uh, with the combination of investing in it and the people who are running it. I think they should be good. Correct. I actually hosted an event for Razor um, before the pandemic. It was so funny because like you have all of these big honchos for Razor and they're doing a product launch. So we had to keep it. I was renting conference rooms. I know this is off topic, but I'll get to it. No. The whole point to that is that I, I arranged the whole thing. I rented them an entire floor in a building. They set it up like they transformed it. And then they give me a brochure and I see Kenny freaking Omega in their brochure. And I'm like a little bit clueless about their products at that point. But I'm like, oh my God, it's Kenny Omega. And everybody's like, why do you know this now? Remember, this is corporate. It's a full suit, high heels, you know, like talking business with them. And I'm like, oh, I love wrestling. Apparently, they all love wrestling and they all love Kenny Omega because we went on an extensive conversation about Kenny Omega. And I was like, this is the last place I thought I would be sitting here talking professional wrestling. But he was a big face in their um, in their brochure and their product launch. I love the visual of people in suits marking out over Kenny Omega. That's just that's so great. I didn't even working at that job. <laughs> <laughs> it that's was awesome. awesome. <laughs> uh, well, uh, what wasn't so awesome was the raw rating. Uh, it was uh, a little up. Uh, you know, they did have a record low a couple weeks ago, and it is starting to make kind of a climb back. But it's uh, about one point seven four two million for the go home show of Raw. This, uh, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, so it's up a little bit, but still below two million. And of course, Hell in a Cell is a Sunday. Issa, uh, based on what you saw from Raw, are you excited about Hell in a Cell? No, I wish Hell in a Cell was when it's supposed to be. I feel like the Hell in a Cell, all right, maybe not Drew and and Bobby Lashley because they have been feuding forever, but I feel like everything else just feels so, like, pushed. Like, we have a pay-per-view this week. Let's just push all of these matches. I mean, of course, we talked about it Friday. I will pay to see Roman Reigns throw around on Mysterio for half hour any day because it was fun on Friday. But overall, no, and I wish they would have left Hell in a Cell when it was supposed to be. I know that WWE had to make their changes and that's fine but (laughs) i don't feel like it doesn't feel like a hell in a cell i really wish they would get rid of that pay-per-view period and let the hell in a cell matches happen when they're necessary and not forcing it upon a pay-per-view a hundred percent what they did with money in the bank in terms of taking a match and making it into a pay-per-view was was good in terms of making the money in the bank pay-per-view mean something because the match meant so much and even though they've kind of screwed up along the way it still means something but hell in a cell i think 
you can point to the death of Hell in a Cell as a gimmick to the point, the fact that they made it into its own pay-per-view. So they had to kind of bastardize it and overdo it. And a lot of these bad moments have happened at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And I agree with you in that there's not enough time. Hell in a Cell is something you should, you shouldn't force your way into it. You shouldn't have to fit into the Hell in a Cell. You should have a feud that you work backwards from. And that finishing point is Hell in a Cell. And if you're going to schedule Hell in a Cell, that needs to be figured in instead of just having this pay-per-view sprung upon us. Yeah, I really wish they didn't have it because it just feels so forced. Every once in a while, you do get a couple of really good Hell in a Cell matches. I mean, the Hell in a Cell matches are good overall, but it, it just, I, I don't need them forced. I just rather it be like Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania because we hate each other, not because yeah. the pay-per-view is coming up and we kind of have to hate each other for the next two weeks. Yeah, this used to be their biggest match. Literally the biggest match they could do in terms of a blow-off. And it does not feel that way for this Sunday. Terry Allen Jr. adding that Ukes are developing AEW's game. And they are. Ukes is a OG in terms of the gaming platform. And they're in good hands with the, with that development. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to know. I can't. I cannot wait. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, tonight we had WWE NXT. Uh, there were rumors floating around. This is the fallout show from TakeOver In Your House. And even when we were on the air, Issa, there's kind of scuttlebutt about Samoa Joe. Maybe they're going to bring him in for this, that, and the other. Well, we go to uh, NXT. William Regal comes out, tearfully gives a, an address, kind of like a farewell address, really tapping into his emotions, gives this really good promo about how he's been there since the beginning. Uh, he's interrupted by Karrion Cross, who wants to see William Regal quit he said, are you crying, Mr. Regal? I thought he was really good as a heel in this segment. And then uh, yeah. Karen Cross is interrupted just as William Regal's about to quit by none other than Samoa Joe himself, who comes out. Uh, crowd's going crazy for him. It looks like the deal with Samoa Joe, Issa, is that Samoa Joe's going to be an enforcer type with William Regal because even though Regal was ready to retire, Joe declined the offer to be the new GM. He said instead... Samoa Joe will be a guy who will uh, enforce himself whenever he is touched. So he's not going to touch anybody unless he's touched first. So what did you think provoked. about the segment? Provoked. provoked. Okay, provoked first. What did you think about this segment? And what did you think about uh, Samoa Joe and NXT? Bravo. Oh, my God. Did I mark out? Even knowing. This is this is one of the times that I wish, like, dirt sheets and all that didn't exist. Because that, as a legit surprise, without the rumors, it would have broken the internet. Especially with him being recently released. And we were all so upset. I feel like, collectively, everybody in the IWC was so upset when they read the name Samoa Joe, right? And it's awesome to see him come back. Does it get any better as an enforcer than Samoa Joe? No. And we saw that throughout the night. I think I need to give props to all three of them on their performance in this opening segment. I was so impressed with Regal. He had me in tears before he even started opening, <laughs> like, like talking. Like I was like, what is happening? You know, like, oh my God. And he didn't say war games. I was upset. But <laughs> um, I love how he took his time to talk about his time in NXT because William Regal is a big part of NXT. And that's why I kept thinking to myself, you, even if you bring Samoa Joe, you cannot let Regal go. He will not feel the same way. Um, I thought Karrion Cross was amazing as a heel up to a point. I felt once Samoa Joe came out, they made him look like a little Bitch again. I'm sorry for the language, but it's no, three it. weeks on, in a row. <laughs> right. It's just us tonight. And I have a drink right next to me. They made him look like a little bitch again for the third week in a row. I feel like he's like, listen, any Samoa Joe, that is fine. And if that's what they're teasing, maybe we'll get to that. I don't know. But up until the moment that Samoa Joe came out, 
Carrion Cross was like, this is the best that you've looked in a while, buddy. Good for you. Yeah. Listen, um, I don't think you can get a better enforcer than Samoa Joe. I was so happy. Everybody was happy. And it was just, it was a good deal. And I love that he told Regal, you're not going anywhere. We're going to do this together. Yeah. And it kind of plays us to a point we made uh, this past week on our last podcast and that like very predictable, but I was very excited to see it. And at the same time, yeah, I too wish that maybe I was kept in the dark and that was a complete surprise because the way it was rolled out was a complete shock. Like, of course you read on the dirt sheet and stuff like that. But if I wouldn't have known about that, that would have been a legitimate shock. I loved how they did it. They really underplayed it in like mid sentence. You just heard this music start up. Where if I didn't hear something before, I'd be like, is that a mistake? Like, is Smoke right. here? So that was very well done. And I can't talk enough about how great William Regal was in this segment. Because just based on his performance, my head, I was just thinking, like, of course he's able to tap into these emotions because he's going to get replaced. He's probably tapping into real emotions right. about a guy who's about to lose his job in real life. Even though it's a storyline, Regal's going to take a step back. By the end of the segment, he's still the GM. So that was 100% acting. Like, this guy legitimately performed and like was tearing up and gave this performance knowing that he's not even really going to lose his job. So I can't say enough about how great William Regal was. I will team. say when he got interrupted by Karrion Cross, I already had a feeling that he was working us because sure. in a way I felt like if, Re- if Regal is really is retiring, they will give him all the time that he wants to address everybody. Once he got interrupted, that's when I was like, okay, we're going somewhere with this because there's no way that if he was leaving for real, they were going to like, work us you know what i mean right so i also i really enjoyed that they gave us the follow-up to the cliffhanger right away no waiting around we know what you guys are tuning in for let's get to it i love that because i would have been so upset if they waited until the end of the show to have regal come out and you know and and obviously played out throughout the show so they were able to utilize samoa joe but i love when they leave you on a cliffhanger and they get right to it yeah, and in addition to that, the opening package kind of played to, for those of you who missed it, this is what happened, and then they showed the Regal thing, and they went right into that. And I will say, here's what bothered me about Karen Cross. As much as I like, I like Karen Cross when he's yelling and he's, like, kind of a bully. I hated that he was in a suit. It, it's just, like, more of this, like, they're trying to make him rich. It's a human thing you don't like. Yeah, why is he wearing a suit? It's, like, the most human thing he can do. And he's just talking about how, like, the story is, and I like that they're kind of making this a story. I'm bringing about all this chaos. And it's like, how much chaos can you really bring in that, like, nice little, and it's not even like a flashy suit. It's like a yacht suit. It's like a sailor suit. So I just wish that they just had this guy in full gear all the time. There's just a lot of little things that they're just not doing with him that make him seem regular. And they didn't even give him, like, yeah, they teased Samoa Joe, but I don't even know if Samoa Joe is cleared to compete. So there was no new challenger tease tonight, which I think is exactly what he needed. Uh, so I really wish that they would kind of get Karrion Cross back on track here. Well, he was a heel, and, and he cut a decent promo when he was, like, talking to Regal. The fact that he ended up walking away with the loudest pop from the, the crowd, like singing him goodbye, doesn't that give you a little bit of a hint? Because this crowd was dead for him on Sunday. And the fact that they popped just to sing him goodbye out of there, I mean, that's not a good sign for Karrion Cross and how the crowd is feeling about him, right? It really is not. And the more they keep like this for multiple reasons, I just hope he goes away from like the Adam Coles and the Pete Dunn's of the world, because not only are these matches now starting to run together, the more he beats these protected internet wrestling types, like these people will turn on him. This is exactly what happened with Baron Corbin. People forget Baron Corbin was a monster babyface in NXT because his gimmick was the fans would count down or they would just count until the match is over because he wrestled quick matches. 
And it got mm-hmm. over really huge. Then they decided to make him learn how to work. And they started feeding him guys that the people liked. And they turned on him. And he was a heel from day one to WWE until now. And right. like if they're looking for Karrion Cross to be this killer baby face, the more he beats the Pete Dunns and the Kyle O'Reilly's and Adam Coles, if they don't get him away from that, I'm afraid that that same thing will happen. Because to your point, they did really seem to kind of be excited to see him go. Yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. I even forgot about Baron Corbin. You are right. He was a huge baby facing NXT. I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. It's given how much of a heel he is. He had right. a similar gimmick, not like necessarily. Yeah, yeah, he actually had a cool entrance too. Pretty yeah, much he did. Cool yeah, he did. I actually, because I like the entrance that he has now, you forget that his very first entrance song was even cooler. Problem yeah. is that they replaced it with a good one, so you didn't bitch too much. But his first entrance was awesome. When he was very the lone much. wolf, none of this King BS. Well, Breezango's also awesome. Uh, they had a match against yes. Imperium. Uh, this is an okay matchup. I will admit this is when the Nets versus the Bucks started up, you know, but I, but I did pay attention to this match. And uh, Breezango won with a roll-up, and uh, afterwards they were immediately attacked by Imperium, who laid them out and put a flag on them. Where is this going, Issa? I don't know, but the whole flag thing and then the um, the camera, like the, the <laughs> first eye view of them, like, laying yeah. there with <laughs> That was so extra that I absolutely loved it. Um, You had to go somewhere with Imperium, right? And then we saw an also amazing tag match to close the show. I feel like tag team wrestling might be coming alive and getting NXT because NXT used to be known for it and then it died down for a little bit. But, you know, I feel like they're making an effort to bring it back right now. We'll see where it goes, but overall, I just love that visual of him laying there with the flag on top of him and the camera angle. They did a good job with that. Yeah, I wish they would do more stuff like that. Like, that's like an actual sports angle that you saw, and that's my takeaway. That's what I was like, well, at least they got a cool camera angle because, I mean, Imperium, they're good workers, but they don't really do much with them outside of being aligned with Walter, who has kind of disappeared off TV. I hope they bring him back. He didn't FaceTime in tonight, huh? I was waiting for his FaceTime. Like, I'm looking more forward to those FaceTimes and, like, these matches because there's a story behind it. And as we'll get to later on, I think the hottest thing they have in NXT is just a story that they're telling, an old-fashioned pro wrestling story. And so the more story that goes with this, I hope it's just not back and forth with Breezango and Imperium because as talented as these two teams are, they need a little more that they can sink their teeth into. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got to the Kushida uh, Open Challenge. So this week, it's Trey Baxter. Let me just tell you what I do like about these Open Challenges, Isa, is that it's like a legitimate Open Challenge and that you're getting people who were never in NXT to begin with, like people outside right. of the WWE. It was Carmelo Hayes that one week, and now it's Trey Baxter, who I, I thought looked uh, fine in the ring in there with uh, Kushida. What did you think about the Kushida match against Trey Baxter, who lost by submission? I, I'm not familiar with um, with him, with Trey, and I thought he looked awesome tonight he is is, i I feel like kushida is doing such a good job with this open challenge just kind of brings me back to when john cena did it to where he was having these amazing matches he was still winning but the person that lost didn't look bad in the matches either and i feel like that's what's going on here really really curious overall about who's going to be the person because we're getting kyle o'reilly next week who's Mm -hmm. going to be the person that gets that title off of kushida because i feel from day one He's been booked very, very well. So I don't know that you have built anybody to come in and take that title off of him at the moment. So let him keep having awesome matches every week. That's what we watch NXT for, right? It's for good wrestling. And he's giving us that in every open challenge. Yeah, NXT is the the king of the short badasses. Like, it's a lost art in pro wrestling. From Kushida to Azali, like, they don't care. If you can go in NXT, they'll build you up into a monster. 
and like Kushida is now turning everybody away. And if they're really building towards somebody taking the title off of him, I really hope it is like a surprise, like a huge surprise right. outside of WWE. I know it may now probably be a dated to talk about this, but I know WWE was talking to New Japan for a while. Like if they ever struck up that deal, I would love to see like a show Tanaka oh or something. You know, I didn't even really think all that. Stop it. I'm like, I don't want to get people's hopes up too much, but. I really hope the way they're doing this, if they keep introducing us to people that one day it's just somebody from a different promotion that we didn't know wasn't signed. Uh, but yeah, Kyle O'Reilly is a good next step. Um, kind of a fall for grace after being in a world title program. But I do like the idea of a legitimate open challenge. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And he's doing a great job with it. And, and I love what you said, the fact of somebody that you're not expecting, like literally not expecting at all, being the persons that are answering it. Yeah. So we'll see where they go. I'm sure they'll have great matches, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And we're going to go from a great match to a great feud, I think, uh, where LA Knight, uh, we are getting the million-dollar championship celebration. I was looking forward to this the least out of anything on the show because Cameron Grimes didn't win. And, you know, as you know on this podcast, I'm not the biggest LA Knight guy. Uh, but he got his coronation. He got the pyro again. Then LA Knight gets his chance to speak. And he says how uh, Ted DiBiase was a big influence on him. He wants to be just like Ted when he was a kid. Uh, you know, he's, uh, the fans are really chanting for Cameron Grimes, and it seems to kind of throw LA Knight off. But he's basically paying homage to Ted DiBiase uh, before, uh, at the end of the promo, he says he needs to get rid of the things that he doesn't need anymore. And he punches out Ted DiBiase. Big heat for this. Cameron Grimes comes down and runs off uh, LA Knight. LA Knight is still your million-dollar champion, but now he has the title by himself, and Cameron Grimes is going to chase to win that title for good old Ted. What did you think about this segment? Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know. I guess I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. I thought now yeah. that we're going to just pair up Ted DiBiase with LA Knight, and they were going to be a thing, right? So this brings us back to um, what we talked about on Sunday, which is Cameron Grimes with Ted DiBiase. That's what started this whole thing, and that's where it needs to end. So, of course, Cameron Grimes, a baby face chasing, that's fine, but I really was not expecting him to do that tonight. So it actually took me by surprise. Good heat. Like the crowd, first of all, the crowd's already against him because they wanted Cameron Grimes to win. And the, the moment that he did that, I was like, that's genius. I hated it. And I and because I hated it, I was like, he's good at his job. He's doing his job because, oh my God. And, Carrie, and of course, Cameron Grimes came out to be the knight, you know, the savior of everything. So yeah, I'm glad that we are going to get Ted and Cameron Grimes as a pair, maybe chasing after, you know, this, get the million dollar title back. Yeah, and these are the type of surprises that I do like. See, so you can't have surprise in wrestling, but this is in the context of this. This is more of a plot twist where it's this guy's a heel. At the end of the day, he's a bad guy, and they have to emphasize that. And this is what bad guys do. It's like he won this thing that they were chasing, and then he punches out the guy who gave it to him who's a legend who they know that nobody's going to boo Ted. So I really like how they did this. And I love how this storyline is now, it's got me captivated. I'm all in. Like, I might not ever say a bad word about LA Knight as long as they're doing the storyline because I like these two together feuding over this title and I like that they keep progressing it. So I, I really thought that this was really cool. I too was surprised. Like, I was surprised up until they showed the angle. Don't be so transparent with everything they do. Like, right. I did not going into this expect this, even doing a promo, but they showed it from an angle that's like, okay, they're planning something this here. This is so weird, that, right? Yeah. Weird kind of telegraph. <laughs> But at the same time, yeah, it was definitely a surprise in terms of where the storyline's going. And, and I like that they're continuing this. And they're just hitting this thing out of the park. This whole storyline, I think, has been a success for me. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I absolutely loved it. And we'll see where it goes. And props to Teddy Biasi bumping. Right? <laughs> it was like an actual bump. Using a I know. I was like, can, they, can he even be taking these bumps? Is this fair? Like, listen, it was awesome. It was great. Good for LA Knight. He got me. You're right. He, he got all of us. And that was awesome. Ted will be feeling that one tomorrow, but it was worth it, yeah. man. It was a good bump. Go back and watch that bump. Uh, it's Z for five dollars. Says, looks like they have nothing for Priest on Raw right now. I really should have stayed in NXT for a big feud with Cross. Stop calling these guys up. I completely agree with that. Uh, it's Z. Yes, I'll be perfect. yes, yes. We all just got that one. His farewell match, and I was like, no, this should have been. This should have been a feud. And uh, I, I listen. I. I felt he had a lot of momentum after WrestleMania and the fact that we don't even see him on TV right now. I'm hoping that he'll come back for a feud with Sheamus. I really would like to see him feud with Sheamus or be in the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match because he did yeah. such a good job in the ladder match for the North American title. I'm a big Damian Priest fan, so I'm here to see him do well and hopefully we'll see him again in a in a big program soon. But that's why I always say I don't want anybody to get called up. That's exactly why. Yeah, and I mean, Damian Priest is a perfect prototype for a Money in the Bank. I can't really think of anybody who it would fit better just based on somebody who's really in their first year with WWE, got a little bit of a push, you know, got that bad bunny rub. I mean, he'd be perfect for it, and, and he's just kind of disappeared since that zombie I just match. don't know how he's going to be able to do his archer thing while holding the briefcase. Like, he's going to have to figure something <laughs> out. Maybe he puts the briefcase across like you do with, like, a... Um, oh, there you, you go, know, like, like a satchel. Yes, yes like, that would be the... Exactly, because he can't be like doing the archer thing, and that's a big part of his entrance, which I love his entrance. So we, he's got to figure out how to carry this. If, if Brock Lesnar made it a boombox, I'm pretty sure Damian Priest could carry his arrows in the briefcase. Yeah, you think they're gonna do that? <laughs> they're gonna have some arrows. Oh my god, imagine it would be. You know, it would be awesome. <laughs> would you? Okay, here's the ultimate test. Would you buy something like that, Isa? If there was a Money in the Bank for Damian Priest with yes. arrows sticking out. Yes, but that's because it's also because I really, really love Damian Priest, and I know that the way to support your favorite superstars is buy their merch. If you guys love someone, buy their merch. That way, they know. Absolutely, that's why I went straight to the source. So Damian yes. Priest's uh, demographic would love those. Uh, you know, that does sound like a pretty badass thing to be just kind of hanging around. The house. It would. <laughs> So we've got uh, the next segment with Io Shirai. She's back uh, in CWC. Um, I'm just laughing because she goes in there and she's just like, I'm back. And it's like, she's been here forever. And it just, it's like, no, you've been here. It's like, it's like if you live with your grandma for five years, she's like, hey, everybody, I'm back. But not that she's old or anything, but she's just been here forever. So her saying I'm back, this sounded so weird. Uh, yeah. But then she's interrupted by Candice LeRae, who um, is taunting her. And then she gets attacked from behind uh, by Indy Hartwell. So they're kind of doing a two-on-one brawl against uh, EO. Uh, until Lacey, uh, Zoe Stark, I always try to call her this rant. Zoe Stark comes in and evens the odd and runs off the heel. So it looks like uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai are going to be paired up against Candice and Indy. You look like you don't like that. I don't like that at all. I like my Io as a single star in the NXT title picture or um, elsewhere where she could be used right now because Lord knows she can be used in the main roster. Of course, we just talked about how they ruined call-ups, so it's like a it's like a 50-50 feeling, right? But as soon as I saw that they were going to put her in a tag team, I was like, no. I, I mean, I, I'm happy to see her on my TV, right? I am. But I feel like NXT 
can build grudge matches than one-on-one matches. Like, what is Frankie Monet doing? I thought they were going to feel like, put them yeah. in a nice one-on-one field. She doesn't need to be in a tag team. And that's the problem when you create these titles and you don't have a division for it. And then you start throwing together these tag teams that maybe it ends up, it would end up being well. But Ayo Shirai is a star on her own. She doesn't need a tag team rub unless it's like a storyline, like what they did with Sasha and Bailey. That's different. But Io shouldn't be in the tag team division. I don't like it. Absolutely not. I mean, I was already deflated. Like, okay, so they're going back to Io and Candice, who just fought forever. And then they're also now doing a tag team. So it was like two runs down, I feel like. I just, she's outgrowing NXT. I would rather see her face anybody yeah. than anybody in NXT. Because I think she's faced every woman in NXT, really. Uh, with the exception of Frankie Monet, of course. But they're not going that direction for the time being. So, I mean, it's fine to see her. I'm sure they're going to have great matches. Uh, I'm glad they're doing something with Zoe Stark, who's great. But, I mean, it's she's outgrown. A lot of people have outgrown NXT, and it just kind of really came off that way. It really did feel like I was watching kind of a rerun seeing EO. I still would like to see her get a rematch with Raquel because I, I feel like EO should come out and say, hey, I called her out. I got myself in the situation where I lost my own title, and I need to redeem myself for that. Because, remember, she's the one who went up to Raquel and said, you are next, when she was still champion. Yeah. She asked for that, you know? And I feel like that should be what keeps her up at night. The, the EO Shirai character that they introduced us, that's the person that I would think would be there, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I like put myself in that situation i need to redeem myself and I, that's what i thought she was gonna do call out raquel and then i don't know that it's it's, it's because i like eo that i feel like it's just not that was not it for me and like you said i'm back it's like you you've always been here girl yeah so we get uh Dakota Khan, Raquel Gonzalez versus Casey Catanzaro and uh, Caden Carter, the returning. And uh, they had a pretty good match. Uh, I thought this match peaked with uh, Caden Carter had an awesome comeback. I just thought where she just ran wild on yeah. everybody. And I thought that looked really cool. But it was kind of a run-of-the-mill match. Uh, Kai and Gonzalez won. So I guess the story they're telling is that they want to regain the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, do you think... This is how they split them up eventually. You think this is the road to them facing off, or do you think they wait longer past SummerSlam? I mean, maybe it could be it. That's what I was thinking at first. I was originally thinking um, maybe they they split them up this way. Maybe Raquel doesn't care about winning the tag titles. You know what I mean? Like I thought that would be a storyline that they would tease. I mean, I do think these two will eventually break up. How we get there, I, I'm not too sure. Maybe this is the way I liked. I liked the match. I thought it was a it was a decent match, but I was still a little deflated from the segment before, and I was like, why are these two then trying to go after the tag titles if you're gonna put EO in that storyline as well? Maybe that gets us to EO and Raquel. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what shortcut I need to take to get back to EO and Raquel. But overall, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. See if it leads to them breaking up, but don't put the titles back on them. Like these titles have run so many hands already and, and they just, they're brand new. Somebody yeah. needs to have a long run with them. Yeah, and at least to their credit, they're building up a women's tag team division. Unlike what you see on Raw, where there's literally nobody. Like there's a champion yeah. and there's almost nobody else. But at least on NXT, they're building like contenders for this tag team title, which it's good to see them do that. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, uh, I do like that they're telling a long-term story between uh, Dakota and Raquel Gonzalez. And they do have to have uh, Raquel Gonzalez as champion kind of be front and center. So I think that's why they might 
go. I don't think they're actually building toward the tag team titles, but I like seeing that they're actually building them up as contenders before they get there. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, we get to the main event, which I can tell you like this uh, match a lot, Issa, in uh, the Grizzled Young Vets versus Toothless Timmy and Old Man Champa. I think that should just be their names. I, I, wait, I, wait, wait, how can you skip over Samoa Joe choking oh, out Adam oh, Cole? Oh, yes, backstage. We had a backstage segment where Samoa Joe choked out Adam Cole. What did you think about this segment? <laughs> of course, I love that I'm waiting for you to bring it up so that I can say, like, I'm here yeah, for Samoa that. Joe to be the NyQuil of all of NXT, put every to sleep <laughs> I was so happy for it I love how um, Kyle O'Reilly was like I don't want none of that and, and Adam Cole I was like he pushed him and I was like oh no mistake mistake bad idea <laughs> I love I love that and I love that he's been waiting to be provoked before he does anything like you know like Regal said but it was it was just fun to see it's gonna be so much fun having Samoa Joe around and that's a great gimmick that if he's provoked, he gets to clap back because it's going to create all kinds of moments and audience reactions where the second somebody maybe even accidentally hits him, they'll be like, oh, you done messed up now. So that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I really hope was- he eventually gets cleared because, like, if he does this character and then eventually gets cleared, that's the hottest guy in NXT, period. Oh, 1,000%. Also loved <laughs> um, Johnny Gargano marking out for him. <laughs> <laughs> when he came backstage and he was like, yo, yo, yo. I was like, why is he acting like all of us right now? Like, I love that Johnny Gargano gets it, you know? Yeah. I thought that was a fun segment as well. Everything that they did with Samoa Joe backstage tonight was genius, which is why you introduced him in the beginning of the show so you can use him throughout. Let's get him to work right away. We missed him. So why not put him to work night one? Yeah, and the term Joe, 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 that was uh, very, very trending very hard on on. Twitter. Uh, I was at like 300,000 before when I last saw it. So I'm going up and going up. So good to see Joe back in NXT. uh, Yes, it is. First two-time NXT champion, by the way, I believe. Um, Get to the main event. Uh, One of those times he beat Shinsuke, I think. Uh, That sucked. Let's get to the main event. (laughs) That was there when Shinsuke beat him for it. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, great. It moment. was in Brooklyn. That was that was one of the most amazing shows. Everybody walked out singing Shinsuke's song. It was ah Shinsuke and NXT. Those were the days, man. Yeah, now he's got the crown. Well, do you like NXT champion Shinsuke or crown Shinsuke better? NXT champion Shinsuke oh. forever. You it was love the first fight. Huh? You yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was literally wrestling love at first sight. I saw him in Dallas. I was I was familiar with him because I saw his match with AJ Styles and I saw his match with Brock Lesnar when he was in New Japan. But I didn't know the guy. And as soon as his music hit in Dallas against Sami Zayn, the entire atmosphere changed. And I was like, I need this feeling every time I go to a wrestling show. And he provided me that. I was there for his debut when he won the title every single time. And then all of a sudden, it just as soon as he lost at WrestleMania 34, I will forever say he should have won that match against AJ Styles. He really should have. And now I'll never forget that day. That was one of the all-time great debuts in terms of not only the debut itself with that great music, but also the match. I was in yes. uh, Dallas for when that happened. And I was watching in a hotel room and I was just kind of burnt out because I'd been working all day and writing all day. And when I saw that, I went back and I wrote an article that night, like, this guy needs to be your world champion. <laughs> like, yes. this is one of the biggest stars I've ever seen in NXT or wrestling, period. Like, 
and, and I was just captivated by it. So no, I love yes, that. Yes, it was. Too. It was. I I always call him my love at first sight because like it was like something. The whole entire energy changed in that place, and I wasn't even gonna go to that NXT because like you, I had just landed. I traveled all day, and I was like, "Do I want to go?" And then it was my nephew's first time like attending a big WrestleMania weekend. I was like, "Let's give him the whole experience. Let's yeah. go," you know. And oh my god, like listen, and 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 that the way that arena felt when Shinsuke would come out. In NXT, it was just like something that you had to experience. And I don't want to sound like the people like 2016 to 18 NXT was the best, but it was the best. Absolutely, was the best. Sami Zayn, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Period. It's still, one of my favorite NXT matches of all time. And you know, there's a lot to pick from, but that one ranks top top three for me. I think. Hundred percent. So uh, we get to the main event with uh, four people in a tornado tag. This is your grizzled young vets uh, versus Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. They had a brawl with a uh, you know table spot where the table didn't break, uh, but um, with uh, Ciampa. Uh, but they had a lot of great spots. Like they had the spot where Ciampa and Thatcher were taking turns squashing the grizzled young vets in the corner, and they were just picking up more momentum and just doing it back and forth. And it was really fun to watch. Uh, and uh, the finish came with a double submission from Champa and Thatcher uh, for the win. And uh looks like we have new number one contenders for MSK. They did a little thing backstage where Thatcher stole the popcorn from the MSK. So what did you think about this match, Issa? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. As soon as they announced it to be a tornado tag match, I, like on Sunday, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be chaotic. But it was in the best possible way like there is a way to do this where it doesn't feel like you're all over the place and you don't know what to look at i thought every time champa takes a spot like that table spot i like freeze for a second like i'm like i do not want him to get injured and he's injury prone and i'm like why are you taking these bumps like be safe he took a crazier bump than that he took a doomsday device suicide dive while he was sitting on the man's shoulder on the outside. You're right. You're I, right. I couldn't breathe that whole spot. I was like, you're kidding. There, there's no way they're doing this spot. And they did the spot. He's fine. But my goodness. Do you not miss this Champa? Because it feels like Champa hasn't been this guy in a while. Right? Like, like yeah. I don't know. To me, and I used to be, I am still am a big fan of Tommaso Champa. But for for some reason, it felt like he slowed down. Like, he softened up a little bit. But then the guy that we got tonight, that's the Champa. That is home Champa that we're used to. And you're already like, oh, my God, put the freaking tag titles on them. Right? It was it was yeah. so much fun. It was a lot of fun. They, the Grizzly Young veterans look great as well. But I do think the right thing won here. Yeah, and a couple things with Champa, like he's gotten himself into insane shape. Like he's in great shape. So I think that low, it took him six weeks to get like, he's in the best shape I've ever seen him in. And I think, think that might have been around the time where there was a lilies and that maybe he was still dieting and stuff like that because he did seem a little checked out. He wasn't really doing much. But ever since his partnership with Timothy Thatcher, I think that's kind of brought out a new energy in him. He seems yeah. they seem to really have a good chemistry together in terms of like they did this thing at the end where he's grabbing Timothy Thatcher's beard. I know they do, <laughs> they do, and I didn't think they would at first. I was like, why are they putting Champa with this guy? I'm not gonna lie, I was like the first one to say I don't want him with this. I want him, you know, in a single fuse, blah blah blah. And now I love them together. There's something about Thatcher that he's just as crazy as Champa. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're just like, okay, these guys are actually meant to be together. And it's, it's a great pairing. 
Yeah, and even with those backstage promos, like usually it's um, Ciampa just getting up and leaving, uh, but now they both <laughs> kind of go their separate ways. Like they're really right. kind of coming together as a tag team, and that's gonna—I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Them and MSK. Um, MSK is like quickly becoming one of my favorite things in WWE. But them, those two styles, like it's fine wrestling the grizzled young vets, but I just think their styles are way too similar. And this was the best match that they had. I love the tornado tag; really made it fun. But a traditional yeah. tag match between these two and MSK, I think, is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Did they say when it's going to be? Is it going to be a great American bash or is it going to be like in a couple of weeks? That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they even said it. So in the chat, if you know when that's going to be, uh, it might be at the Great American Bash, but I'm, I'm not sure where it's going to be. But uh, I think they're going to have uh, themselves a good match. But uh, what did you think about this show as a whole, Issa? I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought, I mean, once you start the way you start, there it's hard to go down from that, especially when you still show us Samoa Joe throughout the show. Um, probably one of my favorites in the last few weeks. It was a great, um, it was a great takeover Fallout show, and, and I had a lot of fun. I give it a four, five, five out of five for Samoa. Wow, Joe. five out of five. Just for Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good show in terms of a whole show, in terms of a show that followed up from a pay-per-view. I wish they would move forward with their top champion more, but a lot yeah. of things did get moved forward. I'll give it a four out of five. I'll give it a solid four out of five because I did enjoy myself for this. And there was stiff competition on the other channel and I managed to keep my attention, but we don't have to talk about that. Uh, but I thought this was a very, very good show uh, tonight as a follow-up to what happened. Uh, again, Samoa Joe wasn't much a surprise because, you know, the internet can't they keep its really mouth shut. <laughs> but it, it was good. It, this is a direction that made sense in terms of the story they're telling. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, the only thing that I will say is that I feel a, a slightly confused because they're booking matches for like next week, the week after that, the Great American Bash. And I'm so confused about when these matches are taking place. Like luckily for you and I, we covered the show on Tuesday. So we got to watch every Tuesday. But I'm like, okay, yeah. if I'm just tuning in and I want to see... Adam Cole's match, when is it? You know, because I felt like they were doing a lot of, of very, like, a lot of booking for different things here and there, which is great. Yeah. It keeps you watching. But I know they announced Kyle O'Reilly, but then they said Adam Cole also has to pick an opponent of his choosing. And I don't know if that's next week or the week after that. I want to see Adam Cole wrestle a one-on-one -on -one match. You know, so I'm just saying it feels like they're booking, like, 10 weeks in advance, and it gets confusing. Yeah, yeah. See, that can be a good thing to book 10 weeks in advance or whatnot. But to your point, with all these different shows they have coming up, it gets very confusing. And, you know, who knows where or what's going to happen? <laughs> Looks like a uh, bit mood. Uh, Joe makes everything better, Isa. Number one, Alfred good too. Thank you so much, bit mood. That's uh, <laughs> all I can ever hope for. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a little time left, Isa. I want to get your thoughts on Hell in a Cell. Uh, we'll go through not too many matches. Looks like five matches are set. Hopefully, it stays that way. I have a feeling they're going to add a few on Friday, but I like the, the idea of a short pay per view. Me too. I love that. I mean, we just watched a short pay per view this past week. Perfect length for any pay per view. Just do the matches, and then we go and talk about it. I love it. Uh, yeah. So let's start with uh, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, the front runner for Feud of the Year. Who do you think is going to win this match? Uh, I'm actually hoping that this ends up being an intervention and Alexa Bliss has an exorcism. <laughs> Alexa Bliss has an exorcism, you said? <laughs> yes, yes. I hope that Shayna comes out with holy water and a priest and somebody just holds her and they start trying to, like, exorcise the demon from her. They should end this somehow, but, yeah, I have a feeling that uh, this is just the beginning of this feud. Um, we didn't see too much of the doll this week, so maybe they are winding this up, but um, well, I they guess... They say she's on a timeout. They said, she said she put her on a timeout. Listen, I was happy to see Alexa Bliss back in the ring. Um, 
I would like for Shayna Baszler to just beat the crap out of her and go back to being the badass that she is, but I don't see that happening. They're really behind this Alexa Bliss gimmick, so it'll probably be Alexa Bliss with some last-minute magic because they got to get it all out before they go back on the road. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You gotta get it out of the system somehow. So maybe we get, maybe that's the build that uh, uh, the doll wasn't there this past week because we're building to some crazy stunt that they're doing this week to just send this place out with a bang, like maybe literally. Yeah. <laughs> so we've Probably. got uh, Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I, I'm pretty sure Bianca wins. I mean, Bianca has already beaten Bailey so many times. So, you know, I, I don't see her losing here. Yeah, I've got Bianca Belair, too. Uh, they could have done better. And I know we talk a lot about them building this division, but they really need to start taking this division seriously again because there is talent there. They just haven't been doing a good job of building the next woman up for Bianca Belair. Right. Right. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. To me, this is one of the worst feuds on this card. Uh, I love the brawl they did last night. but this. Yes, I mean, me too. I mean, Rhea Ripley, they've really mishandled her, I think. Yeah, but they had them in like four different segments, and the only good part of everything was the brawl. Yeah. That was it. Um, I I have a bad feeling. <laughs> I think Charlotte's winning. <laughs> this is the value of a Charlotte Flair, by the way. Is anytime she's in these title matches, like there's always a chance he could win. So you never know to take a pinfall. Suit, so you're always into the match. Uh, I I actually think that Rhea Ripley's winning, but I don't feel good about it at all, given how this. You think going. Rhea's winning? I don't know. Uh, somehow, don't know. some way. <laughs> I don't know. I just never bet against Charlotte Flair. That's all. <laughs> like how could you do they not I mean I know they don't have a long-term memory but like WrestleMania 36 was just right for the taking for Rhea to win that's and she how didn't. they should have built this they should have it should have been Rhea who called out Charlotte and said hey I'm here I won the title from Asuka I wish I would have won it from you I want to challenge you and this should have been Rhea's redemption that's how they should have built this field not this weird thing that they have going on the next one by the way Right. And, and it, I mean, it's not like they're telling a story where it's like Sandman Raven, where you're chasing a guy for your whole career trying to beat somebody. Right. I mean, but there is a story to be told. She had a big chance at NXT. Uh, I think it was TakeOver In Your House last year. And she didn't get it done. She didn't get it done at WrestleMania. If she loses again, it's like it's not like they're telling this long term story. It's like she's going to be seen as a loser to the mainstream audience. Like they saw her right. win at WrestleMania. But I mean, I think this is a win that Rhea has to have. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't want to read any of this, but I'm obligated to as long as it's PG. Uh, Brooklyn Nets jobber says, nice show job, blah, blah, blah. Bucks, you hear that? It's your MVP, Giannis, missing another clutch free throw. Blah, blah, blah. The Bucks, I wanted to make it interesting, okay? Bucks in seven. That's all I got to say. Oh, but you were just saying 40 minutes ago. I didn't. I want to. I was saying I wanted to keep a professional and talk about wrestling. That's all I wanted. Okay, then let's watching. just finish. Let's finish predicting so you can go cry. Bucks in seven. That's all I got to say to all of you. You'll see. I'll see you guys Sunday. Um, the next match, the last couple of matches, uh, Roman Reigns, your guy versus Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We know who's <laughs> winning that match. We know who's winning that match. The Tribal Chief. Tribal Chief, yeah. I take him too. And then finally, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Interesting. Drew McIntyre went over this past Monday. Yeah, which definitely means that Bobby Lashley is retaining. We'll see. I mean, I hope. I think Drew McIntyre is winning this match. I think that. Oh, last don't manifest that. Do not manifest but, that. Hopefully, <laughs> you're as good with this prediction as you are with my <laughs> prediction. You know what? We're getting it. We're ending this podcast right now. Bucks and seven. You understand me? Issa, plug where other people can find you before we get out of here. At NYC Demon Divine, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. 
follow me at this is nasty. Uh, watch my pro wrestling channel, pro wrestling bits on YouTube. Uh, go Milwaukee Bucks. 